Welcome to Redemption's podcast. This is Corey Ball, lead pastor at Redemption Community Church, found in Kirkwood, Missouri, in the greater St. Louis area. Before we dive into the content, I want to invite you to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook to stay current on all things Redemption. You'll find both of these accounts by searching Redemption STL. But more than anything, we hope that this podcast will help inspire and challenge you to take your next steps in following Jesus. If you have any questions about God, Christianity, or redemption, don't hesitate to reach out. You can DM us on our socials or text us at 314-391-4141. And now, without further ado, here is the content you are looking for. Enjoy. Chris is, uh, like I said, the lead pastor at Grace River Church in O'Fallon, Missouri, and um, he has been an incredible blessing to myself and my wife, uh, to this team, and um, I, I can't say this strongly enough, I don't know that, that we would be where we are today without this man and, uh, and their ministry, so I'm just so, so thankful for them. Uh, we're kicking off our, uh, our new series today. Um, uh, about the Bible, and specifically, does the Bible say is what we're looking at. So does the Bible say, and, uh, and there's no one that I wouldn't want you to hear from at the beginning of this series than my man, Chris Highfield. So everybody give it up for Chris. Awesome. Thank you, man. Thanks for the great introduction. Wow. Yeah, I love your church. I love your pastor, and uh, it's, it's been like a great privilege to, to help your church get started. I, I love this so much. We started Grace River Church six years ago, and uh, I met Corey uh, two years ago, and I thought, man, there's finally a guy in St. Louis that's like me. And, uh, and what I say about that is there's, there's plenty of uh, great organizations and great churches getting started, uh, but Corey, uh, we, we speak the same language when it comes to church planting, and uh, I, I love the dude, and I hope that you love your pastor. It's Pastor Appreciation Month, and so I just want to encourage you, find a way to encourage him. Uh, this has been a tough season, as you can imagine, to be a pastor, right? And so uh, there's, there's a lot of difficulties, a lot, of, a lot of challenges, things that we've never faced before in ministry we're facing. And Corey has told me that you guys have done an amazing job uh, supporting he and Brittany through all of this. And so thank you guys so much. And I just want to encourage you, whether this is your very first week with Redemption or you've been here since the very beginning, I recognize a lot of your faces because we would, we would be in launch team meetings. Uh, and, and I remember sitting in some of those meetings and going, man, this is going to be exciting. Like this is, we were at the Deals house. I remember thinking, this is this is the start of a church, and uh, what's awesome is you're on week nine right now of uh, physical meetings, so it's pretty, pretty awesome stuff. You're, uh, you're still in the very beginning phases of this, and uh, I just want to encourage you, God may be calling you to be a part of this team, and if he is, dude, you're, you're in for the ride of your life. Uh, you're going to see some amazing blessings. Uh, you're going to see some amazing miracles. Uh, you're going to see God show up in ways that, that you just, you're going to be able to write a book about how Redemption Church was started. And uh, you get to be a part of that. So if you've just been here for a week or you've been here for the last year and a half trying to figure out when we're going to actually get to be able to do church, uh, way to stick it out and way to be here. And you get a chance, I use this illustration a lot, but you get a chance to kind of like decide what role you're going to play in this whole thing. You could be an extra like on a movie set, you know, like you ever watch a movie and you're like, man, I wonder how that guy got that part because he's just some random dude standing off on the side. You could be that person and like leave after this or you could actually pretend like to go to the bathroom and you could leave right now, you know, if it gets awkward. Or you could decide you could be like Luke Skywalker, and you're just going to stick this thing out, and it's going to be awesome. So it's totally up to you what you decide to do. Uh, the real hero of the story here at Redemption, though, is Jesus. And so if you're looking to be like the top dog, 
you should probably find a different church because there's not going to be one of those. So uh, you're awesome. So thanks for being here. You're listening so well, and uh, I really appreciate it. Man, how great is this facility, huh? This is unbelievable. This is a little nicer than a middle school. Yeah, we can give it up for... Yeah. So cool. Uh, what, a, what, a great, what a great gift, and thank you guys so much for, for being here tonight. This is week one of, uh, of this series, and I'm, I'm, re- I'm excited about it because I think that when it comes to what the Bible has to say about certain things, there's a lot of really bad theology out there. Like, there's a lot of, and it's just stuff that our culture has kind of created, uh, sayings and things that, that get said oftentimes just as we're filling in space uh, or as you're, uh, maybe you're sitting on a ski lift next to somebody or you're sitting on a plane next to somebody and there's just these filler topics and filler conversations. And I think that throughout this series, you're going to be able to expose some of those things and really talk through them. I encourage you to join a small group. There's going to be a great chance for you to kind of talk in depth more about some of this stuff. And so things that God never said, really, God never said, I won't give you more than you can handle. Okay, so this is a phrase that you hear people say all the time. Oh, well, God will never give you more than what you can handle. And I will tell you this, that's a lie. Okay, uh, you, oftentimes, uh, God will intentionally give you more than you can handle just to break you and for you to understand that your, your level of dependency has to increase or, or you're not going to make it. So there are three life phases that you're probably in right now. And I want you to kind of like self-identify which of these three you may be in. So you're in one of three seasons. The first season is you're going, you're going to be going through a tough season. Like right now, you're in the thick of a really tough season. Maybe you're getting ready for a tough season. Like you can see it coming. It's not quite here yet, but you know it's coming, right? Or you're just now coming out of a tough season. So no matter what season you find yourself in, there's something for you with this talk today. I'm going to pray for you, uh, and then we're going to dive into God's Word, and uh, it's going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 12 through 13 is what we're going to start with. So let's, let's pray together. Just bow your heads, close your eyes. Let's just ask God to meet with us tonight, okay? Father, we're grateful for your presence in our lives and God, I know that every person in this room is not here by mistake tonight. Every single one of us, God, you, you've planned and ordained these steps that we take, even down to this moment that we're living in right now. And so, God, I pray that you would help us to understand that, that you often give us more than we can handle. And it's in the middle of those moments that we realize that we can't do this without you. So, God, I pray tonight for the person that is trying to do this without you. God, I pray that tonight that that you would encourage them to see that life is better with you. God, I pray for the person that has yet to make a faith commitment. They know about your son. They've heard the story of Jesus. They've heard the story of the cross, but they've never accepted it. God, I pray tonight is their night where they accept this truth. And God, I pray for the person that just simply needs their heart encouraged tonight. I pray that they would find encouragement through your word, through connection with other people, And Lord, I pray as we receive communion together that you would remind our hearts tonight of what this is all about, that our lives aren't about us, it's about bringing glory to your name. We pray all of this in the good name of Jesus, amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 through 13 is actually where this whole whole God will not give you more than you can handle thing got taken out of context. This is why it's really important to go to a church that believes the Bible and teaches more than like one verse about the Bible. So you can find churches all over our metro area that teach really crazy things about the Bible. So you got to be really careful uh, that, that, they're, that they're actually using God's word and applying it. But this is where this, this, this verse gets taken out of context. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses, verse 12 to 13 says this. This is Paul writes this, and Paul wrote half of the New Testament. He says, therefore, let anyone who thinks 
he stands, take heed lest he fall. So he's talking about uh, a prideful heart or like someone that thinks that they have their act all together. That's a dangerous place to be. And then in verse 13, no temptation has ever taken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. This is where this whole God will never give you more than you can handle thing gets out of context because Paul is not talking about the weight of your problems and your circumstances. He's talking about sin and the opportunity that we have in the middle of a moment, right before we sin, the opportunity that God has given us the power and the ability to escape sin. So he's not talking about your circumstances. He's talking about the sinful nature that we find ourselves in. But with temptation, he will always provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So temptation is not the same thing as sin. And temptation is also not the same thing as our circumstantial problems that we find ourselves in or the weight of those circumstantial problems that we find ourselves in. So I think it's important that we talk through that. You know, in the, in the Old Testament and really throughout the Bible, there are examples of people that were given way more than they can handle. And some of you know the Bible really well, some of you don't know the Bible well, and I just encourage you, no matter where you're at on the journey, this is a great church for you to learn more of the Bible. Gideon was a guy in the Bible in the Old Testament that had, that had the odds completely stacked against him. He felt like he was an inferior leader and there was no way God could use him, but God still did. Moses in the same way. Moses had a speech impediment. Uh, he had a past. And, and he thought, there's no way that God could use me. And so, in fact, he even told God, I'm a stutterer, and I had, I, he had murdered someone. So, like, he had a past that was definitely sketchy, and God still chooses to use him, and God, God allowed him to, to lead millions out of captivity. In the same way, David, the king of Israel, and David actually writes in Psalms 38, verse 8, he says, I'm exhausted and completely crushed. I mean, that sounds like a person that's overwhelmed, doesn't it? That sounds like a person that has given, been given more than he can handle. Esther in the Bible was given, she was given more than she could handle. Jesus himself is given more than he can handle. If you look at Mark chapter 14, 33 through 34, he says, my soul is overwhelmed. I mean, Jesus got, got to a point of stress and anxiety before he went to the cross where he's actually, he, he's perspiring blood. That's an actual physical condition. You can ask medical doctors that you, people can come under such a large amount of stress that they'll actually sweat blood. Recently, I, uh, we, we had something happen in our church last June, and I got shingles. I should have put this up on the slides. Ask me later, and I'll show you my shingles picture. It's really gross. But I got shingles on my face last, uh, last July, and it's a long story but our church got some money stolen from it from an ACH email fraud thing, and it still like, makes me mad to this day that it happened. I just hope that somebody's like feeding orphans with that money or something like that, something really awesome. God will always, or there, there, there will always be some things that'll happen in the life of the church uh, that, that are difficult things. This was one of the first things that we had happen to us as we moved into our new building was uh, some fraud that, that resulted from mail that got sent, like devastating, but uh, in that moment, uh, I definitely had more on my plate than I could handle. In fact, my physical body uh, let me know it. Uh, we were driving out of Colorado on vacation when I found out about this money being stolen. We're driving from, uh, from the, out of the mountains outside of Denver across Kansas. And I get this massive headache that just, I can't shake. Like it's just like, like pounding, throbbing headache. And 
I'm married to an ER nurse, so I have to be like half dead to get any attention at all on any kind of things that, that uh, she's right here at 270 in Ballast, the palace on Ballast over here at Mercy. But, uh, and I woke up the next day with shingles on my face, and she goes, oh my gosh, you have shingles. Like, and she, she cared for me, which was awesome, so I got a nurse at the house. But, uh, but man, it was a moment where I was like, this, this is horrible. Like, this is, this is no fun. And God got us through all of that. But I really believe there are two reasons why God allows moments like this in our lives. Two reasons. The first one is this, is he wants to teach us a deeper level of dependence on his presence. So he wants to teach us a deeper level of dependence in, on his presence and not, not our own abilities. I think sometimes we, we, we love our, like, what we can bring to the table. And you get this, man. You live in St. Louis County, okay? Like, Every one of you are skilled. Every one of you have abilities in the room. If we're not careful, we can live a practical atheism where it's like, I, I'm talented, I work hard, I'm educated, and if we're not careful, what we can end up doing is we can live a life that's absent from God. Even if we show up to church, we can sometimes live this life where we're just kind of practicing and going through the motions, and this is not the kind of life that God wanted us to live. Jonah uh, got to this point. God told Jonah to do something. If you remember the story in Jonah, is Jonah's this prophet in the Old Testament, and God wanted him to go to Nineveh and tell these people about Jesus, or about God, and he, he didn't do it. So instead, he, he got on a ship and went the opposite direction to Tarshish. And, and so he goes this opposite direction and ends up getting swallowed by a whale, and he's in the belly of this whale whenever he prays a prayer of dependence. And he says, he says this, as my life is slipping away, I remember the Lord. He said that in Jonah chapter 2, verse 7. That's a prayer of dependence. And I wonder today, man, have you gotten to that point in the middle of whatever crisis you may be up against or what crisis you've been through or what you're, gonna, what you're getting ready to go through, have you ever gotten to that point where you're like, man, I, I'm, I need, I, I, I've tried everything else, I need God. Don't let yourself get to that Hail Mary moment before you, before you break down in that kind of a prayer life. Where you come to that place where you recognize that, man, I need this kind of dependency. Psalms chapter 23, verse 4 says this, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I love this passage, that, that no matter what I go through, he's with me. Like, that's dependency. No matter what it is that I'm going through. If I'm having an MVP kind of day, or if I'm having a really lousy day, he's with me. Isn't that awesome? Like, what an incredible promise that is from God. That no matter how you're feeling about yourself, no matter how your boss is feeling about you, how your spouse is feeling about you, how your coworkers are feeling about you, or your extended family, how they feel about you, like, the only thing that matters is this, is that he's with me. I would rather have Jesus with me in my valley than be on a mountaintop alone. So I'd rather be in the middle of a valley, going through the hardest struggle of my life, and have Jesus by my side than be on some mountaintop running it solo. You don't, you don't want that kind of life. And so that you, you want the presence of God because you never know. There, here's the thing. There's not a presence, there's not a storm that's, that's difficult enough where God's presence is, isn't going to count. And in the life of your church, let me just talk to redemption just for a second. In the life of your church, you guys are going to be up against some things. And you've already faced the, the, the big challenge, and you get to face it with a lot of other churches, this COVID-19 thing, figuring this out. You figured out how to do church, and you guys did church at a high level, and you guys are still doing church at a high level. And you, you, you had a chance to grow your team with online church. I think that's absolutely awesome and incredible. But here's the thing. We have to come to a place now where we recognize that, man, there, there's, a, there's another storm coming. 
There, there may be another difficulty coming. In the life, at Grace, in, in the life of our church at Grace River, um, we had a lady die from cancer. Our church was six months old. She had six kids. They were all under the age of 12. She had a two-year-old, a four-year-old, a six-year-old, an eight-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 12-year-old. And uh, I was just like, I was just in Pastor Corey's position and just trying to figure out how to launch his church. I'd never started a church before in my life. And so uh, this family came to us and said, we want to join your launch team. She had leukemia. And I thought, man, are you sure? Like, because they were going to leave a good church that was going to be able to support them, that was going to be able to help them. I said, no, we really feel like this is what God wants us to do. And we launched our church and she died six months later. And I think what was the hardest thing about that was up until about two days before she died, I thought she was going to live. Because I, I believed this lie that God will never give you more than you can. Because I thought, how in the world, I, it was selfish on my part, but how in the world, God, are you going to let this lady die? She's got six kids. Her husband's a pilot. Gone half the time. Like, God, how are... Because if we're God, right, if any of us in the room are God, we would say, no, she's going to live, right? Like, that just makes sense. That's what's going to happen because that's what, the way it should work. But that's not what happened. You know what's crazy is uh, my friend Ken is here tonight. Ken's in the back row. Ken knows Jesus because of that story. Like, he's living proof. And on this side of heaven... That doesn't heal the Holly story, right? But there are about a half a dozen people that can say they know Jesus today, and some of them never even met Holly, because that was a moment in the life of our church. We went through this crisis together. We went through this horrible, horrible situation. Their two-year-old also needed a liver transplant. The two-year-old almost died. The first liver transplant didn't work. So she was in Children's Hospital for like four months, and I thought, at one point, I thought, I'm going to have to do two funerals in one year for one family. And it was devastating. But what was amazing is, is that God healed this little girl, and today I saw her this morning running through our hallways at our church, and it was amazing just to see, like, the smile on her face and to say that she's a little brat and that kind of stuff. Like, it's awesome. Just to, to celebrate and see what God has done is unbelievable. And I'm just telling you, Redemption, listen to me. Remember this moment because you're gonna face a moment like this in the life of your church. And I don't know what that moment is for you. Maybe it's some money getting stolen. Maybe it's a key leader leaving their spouse. But I want, I want you to know something. Listen, the church is bigger than any kind of situation you could ever go through. And so be expecting it. And listen, don't be surprised when it happens. Like remember this moment and go, man, it's gonna happen. Because we're all human, we're all broken, we're all sinful. And, and listen, Pastor Corey's going to let you down. I'm going to let you down. We're going to let each other down because we're not Jesus. So don't look to us, look to him. And I, I'll tell you, man, one of the greatest joys uh, that I've experienced in ministry has been working with your pastor. It's just a lot of fun. Um, he stresses me out. He lies to me all the time. No, I'm kidding. He doesn't. That's, has Pastor Corey ever, like, told you a story and you thought it wasn't true? Anybody? No? Cool. It's, it's just a friend-level thing, I guess. I don't know. It's weird. So... The, the worst was we were in Chicago and we're at an airport and he had me convinced I was at the wrong airport in Chicago. And like, I'm absolutely convinced I'm on the phone with him and I'm like, uh, hey, we're, 
I'm at, I'm at, I'm at O'Hare, and he claims to be at Midway, and he turns out he's standing right behind me. I'm just like, I'm starting to get fired up, like, oh, man, how could you mess this up? Are you kidding me? What? But I'm just being patient and calm. I'm, like, practicing the fruit of the Spirit on the phone, like, I'm just, because I'm, I'm ready to just yell or cuss at him, and I'm like, okay. And so I hang up, and I turn around, and he's there. He's got that dumb smile on his face, and I'm just ready to, ready to hit him. But, but count on this. Listen, count on problems. I want to get to a place in my life where I'm no longer shocked when problems happen. Don't you want to get there? Like, that we're not circumstantial with our faith, that we see problems, we see them coming, and we're not caught off guard. Like, we can look at them and go, yes. In fact, I was, Jesus told me himself that you would, that in this world you would have troubles, that he never promised you an easy life. So this idea that God will never give you more than you can handle comes out of the other false idea that you somehow deserve an easy life, and you don't. Because if you follow Jesus, check it out, if I'm a Jesus follower, if I'm a Christian, which means a follower of Jesus, okay, if I'm that person, that means that the person that is my most biggest role model in my life died for what he believed in on a cross. So you want to talk about unfair, and that's the guy I'm living my life following? Like that, just, just count on it, dude. We're gonna have problems in this world. Stop buying the lie that you're a good person and your life should be easy. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't buy you an easy life. The second thing is this, is you, the second reason why God will give you more than you handle is to help you experience his supernatural power. Second reason why God will give you more than he can handle so you can experience his supernatural power. Man, I think one of the most exciting things about being a part of a church plant, a startup church like this, is you're like, remember whenever like, uh, Macintosh Computers was in like Steve Jobs' garage. You're kind of in that moment as a church. You're, you're kind of like in that moment um, where Netflix decided that they weren't going to build like uh, Blockbuster stores and Blockbuster laughed at them, remember? And now Blockbuster doesn't even exist. You're kind of like, you're kind of like Netflix when they were shipping DVDs to people and then they decided to go online and stream. You know you can still actually subscribe to their DVD service? That's kind of crazy. It's actually even options still. It's kind of wild, but... What I'm telling you is this, is you're on the front end of something. And what I love about being on the front end of something like this is you get a chance to experience God's power in a way that you'll never, you'll never be able to experience it otherwise. And so there's this dependency that has to happen, though, when he gives you more than you can handle, that you get a chance to see, like, God, how, how are you going to work this out? Like, in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the difficulty, sometimes there's just this moment where you're like, God, if if you don't show up, I don't know how this is going to work. And to be real with you, your church is going to experience a lot of these moments. Because check it out, you're not going to be portable forever. Like eventually you're going to have a building. You know who's going to provide that building? You know how it's going to all happen? It's going to happen supernaturally. It's going to happen because God's going to provide it. And that you could never write a story about how awesome of people you were. It's going to be all about how God did it, how God supplied, how God worked it out. That's going to happen in your personal lives too. It's not just going to happen corporately with the church. So you're going to see God show up in ways that you're going to go, how in the world could that have even happened? And it only happens if we, if we get sold out following him. Now, there are things that come along our way that are painful, though. And I, like I said, I would love for it to be smooth sailing and easy for you. But even the Apostle Paul, who gave his life to, to letting the world, the known world at the time, Paul wanted to take the good news of the gospel and take it worldwide. Like he wanted to go all the way to Asia with the good news. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he talks about this thorn that's in his flesh. He talks about this difficulty. If anybody should have had an easy ride, it probably should have been Jesus 
and or the Apostle Paul. But here, here's Paul mentioning this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 3. He says, So to keep me from being becoming proud, I was even given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. So, like three different times, Paul's asking God to take this thorn of the, this, this difficulty out of his life. We don't know what it was. We don't know if it was a physical problem. We don't know if it was an emotional problem. We have no idea. We don't know if it was a spiritual problem. We don't know if it was something to do with his past. We have no idea what this thorn was. But here's what I know about every single one of us. Every single one of us have a thorn like this. Every one of us have this thing, whether it's a hurt, a habit, a hang-up in our lives that we look at and go, man, if I could just be rid of this, then I would be free. But I want you to know something. There's something about that hurt. There's something about that pain that you're going through that's teaching you something, that's keeping you dependent on him, that's keeping you, that's keeping you in a spot of humility in your life. In fact, he goes on to say this in, in 2, Corinthians 9, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. He says, each time he said this. So, so this is Paul's response. This is God's response to Paul after Paul's asking God to take this thorn away. He says, each time he said, my grace is all need. That awesome. I think about all the stuff that we have. Like for a moment, think about all the really nice things you have. You're gonna drive home tonight in a nice car, and you're gonna sit in a nice house. It's probably air conditioned because for whatever reason it's humid in October, and it's like, what the heck happened, right? Like, like we're in Florida, Texas, I live in Missouri. Leaves are changing colors, but it still feels like it's 95 degrees outside. Like I was sweating in your parking lot. What the heck is going on out here? But I think what's happened to us is this, is that it's, for us, it's become Jesus plus. Like, we like this Jesus thing. It's great, you know, because we get the benefits of eternity, and it's awesome, you know. And like, man, I love, I love grace. But we, we do Jesus plus, so we go, I, I love this Jesus stuff, but I also love all these other things, too. And I want you to know it's not Jesus plus. It really needs to be Jesus, period. Like, it, his grace is all that you need. Okay, so... You don't have to get a raise, okay? You don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to be successful. You don't have to have the perfect marriage. You don't have to have the perfect kids. You don't have to have all your stuff together so all your Facebook and Instagram friends can go, wow, look at their perfect life they live. You don't have to have any of that. You know what Paul says? All you have to have is his grace. That's it. So if you have more than you can handle, it's okay. You know why? Because you have God's grace. My power works best in weakness. It's amazing that what it really takes is not ability, it's availability for God to use you. That God's power actually works best in you when you are at your weakest point. I preached some of my best sermons when I had shingles on my face. It was gross. I can't believe people showed up and watched me. I stood a really far distance off from them. But there was this dependency that I had on him in the middle of my struggle. I, I also preached the best whenever we were going through the difficulty with, with, with my friend who had cancer because I didn't have all the answers. I couldn't figure it all out. We were struggling together. We were praying. We were on our knees. We were trying to figure this whole thing out together. See, it's in our weakness that God works best through us. One of the greatest things that could happen to you as an individual and as a church is for us to be broken and to recognize it. So now I'm, this is, now Paul turns the page here. So now I'm glad about my weaknesses. So the power of Christ can work through me. He's, he's glad. He's He's thrilled for the thorn. And I wonder if we can get to that spot of like maturity in our faith. I would love to get to that place where it's like 
I can actually find joy in my weakness. I can find joy in my difficulty. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults and in the hardships and the persecutions and the troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This does not sound like a passage that says, oh, God will never give you more than you can handle. This sounds like a passage that says, God will often give you more than you can handle so he can handle what it is that you're going through. It's a chance for us, for God to show up and for us to be dependent on him. And so I wonder today, I wonder today what it is that God has given you that you know that you can't handle without him. And maybe it's to draw closer to him. Maybe this is a season of your life where you need to take the next couple months and really investigate the person of Jesus. You're here today and you're a skeptic or a seeker and it's just kind of time for you to begin to really, like, honestly do a deep dive investigation. I don't, I don't care about you being Republican or Democrat or Libertarian. I don't care about any of that. You know, you know why? Because at the end of your life, none of that's going to matter. You know what is going to matter? What you did with Jesus. That is what's going to last forever. That decision is your forever. And so you're here today, and, like, you're really skeptical about Jesus. And I, I would say, Corey and I welcome that. The rest of the staff here, all the leaders here, we welcome skeptics. In fact, I'm a little nervous when somebody just believes just because somebody told them. Like, I, I, I don't think you should check your brain out. Like, you should investigate your faith. And, and maybe you take the rest of this year and figure that out. Would you make that commitment to say, I'm going to figure that out? Maybe you're here today and you're trying to sort through some other stuff. Would you, would you make a decision to say, I'm going to be dependent on him in the middle of me sorting out all this stuff? I'm going to ask God to give me this supernatural power as I go through what it is I'm going through. But if you're here today and you're like, you know what, I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life. And you're ready to do that. I don't want you to leave here today going, man, I had a change. I, I wanted to do that and you never told me how. It's really simple. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says this. Romans 10, 9 says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's it. The good news of the gospel is not about what you can achieve. Some of you grew up in religious environments and you were sold a lie that said, if I'm a good person, if I show up to the right things in the right places at the right time, then I'll be made right with God. And I want you to know that's found nowhere in the Bible. That's not the message of Jesus. The message of Jesus is I came, not so you'd have a really cool flashy logo like Nike for your company. I came so you could be set free. It's not about earning it. It's about believing and receiving what's already happened for you. And so tonight, maybe it's just simply that, that moment for you where you just need to believe and receive. You bow your heads and close your eyes. I don't know where you're at on your journey, but I want to pray for you. And I, I really believe there's a next step for every single one of us to take tonight. We're going to receive communion in a minute, but before we do that, I just want, to, I want us to do some honest business with God in this moment. And maybe you're up against a lot right now. Maybe you're stressed and overwhelmed. Maybe you're in a spot where you're saying, Chris, I've, I've never received this, this good news about Jesus, and I, I'm going to pray for you right now. He would take that step and say, man, I, I'm, God, I'm all yours. I'm all in. So if that's you and you want to pray with me, you can pray a prayer just like this. God, I know that I need you. I've made mistakes. I have regret in my life and shame in my life, things that I've done that I regret. But God, tonight, I'm confessing you and only you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I know that you sent your son Jesus to come and die in my place. And God, tonight, I commit my life to you. I'm no longer calling the shots, you are. 
I'm sorry for the mistakes I've made, for the things that I've done. Help me to live every day of my life from this point on for you. Thank you for saving me from my sins. God, thank you for your son Jesus. Came so I could be set free. It's in Jesus' name we pray. If you just prayed that prayer, I'm going to be in the lobby afterwards, and I would love to celebrate that with you. So will Pastor Corey, and we would just love to help you take a next step on your journey.